season six, episode one. (laughs) (laughs) This is Las Doctoras podcast with your favorite profas, Dr. Renee Limas and Dr. Cristina Rose. Join us as we bring women and gender studies topics out of the university and onto the kitchen table. Salud. Salud. Bienvenidos. Welcome to Las Doctoras Podcast. Season six. Season six. I know. I, know. I can't yeah. believe it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like right. we're just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I don't even know. Our littles are eight. Mm-hmm. You know. We've been at this now for more than six years, but the podcast really, you know. Yeah. And yeah. And we're still, we're still friends. <laughs> you know, honestly, like that's, that's a big deal. In, in you know. Uh, particularly with so much crossover with life, you know, and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but oh, also, we are also just really we still want to talk about some new things with you or some deeper things with together and then we want to share we're, share those conversations we still I feel want like, to I feel like we're always like oh this is a podcast episode <laughs> we need yeah. to talk about this on the podcast yeah, yeah I mean I think we can give some some life updates but I I also think that yeah like we're still here wanting to have these conversations I think mm-hmm. like sometimes I think are people still listening do they still really care but we are still getting feedback I still get these lovely dms sometimes that are just yeah. like wow thank you so yeah. much and that just really Right. That's what really makes it also just yeah. a nude sense of um it reminds how important us. it is. Yeah, it reminds us of like why we're doing this in the first place. And I think truly it still gives me an outlet. Like, you know, times yeah. when I'm like, I need it, you know, that's part of my process, both of like mm-hmm. processing things emotionally, but mm-hmm. also my creative and writing process is to talk things out. And so mm-hmm. I think the podcast has always been so beautiful in, in giving us that that platform to kind of talk it out. And then, you know, it, 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 it serves a purpose beyond just ourselves, right? Like other folks can kind of feel, um, you know, that they kind of are part of the, of that process too, right. Of, of talking it out. (laughs) I mean, truly when we say this is a podcast episode, part of it is like, whoa, there's another one. But the other part I think is like, this is a, this is a, t- we got to talk about this. Yeah. And that's, and, you know, it's really important. We're like, we need to talk about it. And also sometimes, you know, on a drop off or a pickup of school, oh. it's not the time to talk about it. Or you're not around the, we're not around the people that we actually do want to talk about it yeah. with, you know? And so, um, I yeah. think that's why. Also, sometimes it's like, wow, we, we interact with someone who's just amazing and we're like, oh, yeah, we want, please, we want to get to know yeah. you more. And, yeah. um, yeah, or yeah. just feeling like, again, I think there's something to be said about the fact that we have a platform. Like in our last season, when we were mm-hmm. talking about hiring practices in academia, you know, and mm-hmm. partially coming from, you know, my experience, but also like we have this. I kept saying like I've got a public platform to blast people when I need mm-hmm. to, right? Like, mm-hmm. but and I don't and I don't mean that in a in a negative way because I don't. We're not the type to like call people out you know unnecessarily mm-hmm. you know we're always trying to like what are the systems that need to be called out yeah calling out the system calling out the like the misinformation the higher the higher 
thing yeah. that you know creates those things but mm -hmm. i think but the the truth is we do have a platform and i think this is where we can mm -hmm. use it in these positive ways because surely we're not the only ones that are experiencing the, uh -huh. these things and so we can create some kind of conversation create you know give some context to all all of these things and 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 thus we are using our our platform in a way that's productive and and that's and not productive mm -hmm. in like some capitalist way but like that's just gonna mm -hmm. help us you know i think ultimately we've always been about healing right like how do we yeah. make sense of of all the different experiences that we've had in our life so that we can get to a point of mm -hmm. of um healing and and just i don't know joy and sharing that wisdom and knowledge that we you know that we've gained over these 40 years um but particularly like in academic spaces um, dismantling that ivory tower and, mm -hmm. and also sharing the, the wealth or the energy, right. Sharing the, the gifts of the gifts, yeah. the true gifts of, of what, you know, we've learned, um, and passing them on so that it just doesn't stay insular, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, yes. I think we should do some updates. So, I mean, you've been now been back. We've been back together in person. Not even. Or has January, it been? nine months. So nine months. Oh my God. I'm like, it's, I, I remember around this yeah. time last year, you started talking about it. Yes. And yes. we started kind of like, Ooh, what does that look like? And yeah. I just have to say, I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> my life is so much easier when oh, you're here. Uh -huh. you know, I think uh -huh. that was a part of me. That's that so had, nice to hear. That I've gotten used to like you being gone. So I was kind of like, okay, you know, and I was, yeah. I, I am kind of sometimes afraid of change. I'm like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? You know? Yeah. yeah. And, but it's, it's just, it's been really nice. I know. <laughs> I love how that, and I'm like this Gemini rising person who's just, you're just like, like, you're like, where, where, wait, wait, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So you've been here now nine months. We've been, mm -hmm. I think, um, yeah, you know, our kids are in the same school. We're now both involved in the school, which I also love. Yeah. It's just always so nice to have supportive, mm -hmm. you know, parent, um, uh, what's mm -hmm. the word like support right parent support in in the school that we send our children to so that's where we met too i think yeah. there's a similar there's an understanding of what we value in that space and and yeah. we're in there and we're invested in it together um and then i don't feel like i'm fighting my fights alone like anytime oh, you know of course to we're gonna be those like professor moms that are gonna have shit to say about things in our in our kids school but i yeah. feel like oh i know that there's somebody that has my back or i know yeah. that there's somebody who you know, kind of understand the understands the dynamics. Mm -hmm. So then I can say like, is, you know, what, what, what's your perspective on this? And mm -hmm. we can really kind of be there for each other as we navigate this space mm -hmm. for our children. So much, so much feeling of not aloneness in that. Thank you yeah. so much. That is um, how I felt so much in the last school. And I just, ah, it's, so, it's a, such a weight yeah. lifted that we don't. And that's something that, you know, we talk about a lot, the, the weight that we carry, um, yeah. feeling burdened or feeling responsible to to do things to make changes, and feeling quite alone in that sometimes. And yeah. that's a it's a common theme for us. <laughs> and the school is another example of it. You know, and we're also like our kids are on the same soccer team, <laughs> and I'm coaching. Yeah, and all together so interesting. You know, Jaguar yeah. was like, I don't want to do soccer if I'm not like mm. on a team with a friend, and I was like, okay. Well, then let's make it work. And then there was maybe not 
a team because there wasn't enough volunteers. And then you, <laughs> and I was like, I guess up. I'll coach. Yeah. <laughs> but then I was like, do you want to be my team parent? <laughs> and I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> um, but honestly, I, I think because yeah. in it, you know, I, I, I was just texting you the other day that how much I love it. You know, I do mm-hmm. love coaching, but it still poses its challenge and it's still a time commitment and it's mm-hmm. still, mm-hmm. you know, one more thing on my plate. And so it's like, I, I even, and that's why I, you know, cause there was a couple years that my, yeah. both my kids had play soccer and I had thought about it, you know? Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I don't, I, I don't think I'm in a place to add one more thing, but I think it was so helpful when you came on because it was like, Oh, again, I'm not doing this alone. Yeah. And so I can commiserate if I feel, you know, yeah. a certain way or, you know, if I cancel practice or right? like yeah. it, it just, it, it, again, it felt very much like, okay, I can do this if I don't have to do it by myself. I love seeing you and you're like kind of glow <laughs> of soccer. And I feel like I'm just like, what was that? Why was that a card or what the heck? Oh, you know, yeah. like, I'm just learning some of those things. And um, I, but I love that our children are so happy together. Yeah. And I love, um, again, I just, I think this is you stepping into something really important and I can see you just really, it's, it's so, it's so big in so many things for you, but also just so just real and grounded, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, we're we're in what the beginning of October, so we're gonna head into November into Dia de los Muertos, and it will also be my dad's ninth anniversary. Yeah. Like that's see these nines, I love the nine it's months, very like years, yeah. Um, wow. and so I think that soccer clearly soccer is something that connects my dad and I, and also because mm-hmm. he was my coach, and I've always said that you know, him being my coach and, and me playing soccer wasn't just about playing soccer, right? I learned so many life lessons in playing soccer. I was very much like a shy kind of soft-spoken, you know, reserved kid Mm -hmm. and soccer really partially because my dad pushed me Mm -hmm. (laughs) to like out of my comfort zone, very Mm -hmm. much like pushed me out of my comfort zone. and was like, I know your potential. I know you can do better. And I, and so it kind of, um, mm. challenged me to step out of my comfort zone, to be more outspoken, mm-hmm. to really stand my ground. And I, I learned so many life lessons in my journey in playing soccer. And so I always felt like that was what I would want to, that's what for me playing sports is about that. Like mm-hmm. my kids playing sports is not just about you know, they happen to be talented in whatever sport that they're playing, but it's like, Mm -hmm. there's so many life lessons I think that I learned. And I know that Tommy learned in playing Mm -hmm. sports that I don't know if we would be able to teach them in another way, just because that's the way that we learned. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so for me, that's, that's what I'm, you know, that's why I'm coaching. Cause I was like, Oh, I know that there's a language I have around sports that I, I want to be able to pass on. And and I very much, I mean, I can't tell you when I'm out there that I'm just like, oh, I'm not talking right now. This is my dad. <laughs> like straight up. I'll be like, wow. oh, this is my dad Beautiful. talking. Like I just, I, I can't explain to you how it, it very much feels like I'm channeling him, you know, mm-hmm. like he, I'm like, oh, this is, you know, just even the way that I say things or the way that I like kick the ball or whatever like it very much feels like he's out there with me so I think for me it's like being able to be connected to my dad and then also knowing that Santos who didn't meet my dad gets to still Mm -hmm. um have those um 
you know, the gifts that he would have, you know, passed on to him. And my brother and I, you know, would talk a lot of, when I said, oh, I'm going to coach. And so my brother coaches soccer too. And he, this, the first thing he said to me was like, all you have to worry about is teaching these kids the beautiful sport that dad taught us. <laughs> oh, this is so He's like, that's all you're doing. He's like, you're just teaching them to love the sport that we were taught to love. He didn't say like, oh, you know, you got to do this. And you got he was just like, you're out there to teach, especially because they're so young, right? Like yeah. we're not, you know, I'm not coaching, you know, professional soccer players eight here. Year olds. Eight year olds. Yeah, they're eight year olds and they're still trying to just have fun. And so he was very much like, you know, that's what you want to have in mind. Like I really saw just to say. <laughs> The, the kids on um, Tuesday practice, I just thought they were having a ball. <laughs> they were having a ball, and I'm like <laughs> breaking out. <laughs> so I think you're doing it. And number one, I love the gifts of like this, like this is how you, your father will be remembered. This is his mm -hmm. legacy. It's passing, mm -hmm. like, you know, embodied, like somatic, all that through you. And honestly, that's that is so beautiful. I just resonate so much with that. Even with like simple things like taking Jaguar. I know my, my abuela's birthday was on the 29th and we went to the Mexican market, went to Gonzalez and mm -hmm. we just did. And I could just, I felt my, so I, so I yeah. really resonate. I was like, Oh, this is my abuela like asking for the chicharrones right yeah, now. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, this is her like, you know, sharing them. And, um, I am really actually just very much connecting with that. And even in other aspects, like how we can, our bodies help us integrate, you know, yeah. in these lessons. I've learned that a lot this, um, this season, right. This nine months with my leg and, and like mm. coming into this place, like, and I, I'm really loving the words you used too when you talked about, um, uh, what was it like engagement, empowerment? Like you, you know, I remember you, you said, shared this memory before your dad was like, get in there, you know, like <laughs> he was always so frustrated. Like you need to be aggressive. And I'm, you know, again, I was as mm -hmm. a child, I know mm -hmm. it's easy to see me now as like this, like super outspoken person, but I was very shy and very reserved as a child. And my dad would get really frustrated because he knew I, I would be more outspoken when I felt safe and when mm -hmm. I felt like I was, you know, loved. And so he saw that in me and then didn't understand why that didn't translate yeah. <laughs> onto the field. He's like, I know you can do it. And so he would get really frustrated. He's like, you need to, that was always his term. You need to get more aggressive or aggressive. And I was like, eh, what does that mean? And, and it took me a long time until I remember it just finally clicked. And I was like, I would get in there and I knew how to, yeah had a you know in soccer mm -hmm. it's very physical and like I knew how to and I was always short and small so I knew how to mm -hmm. push my body around right mm -hmm. I didn't have the height mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily have the speed but I could use what I did have and like mm -hmm. get in there and like you know mm -hmm. <laughs> throw some elbows no but like um and so it took and again it was the same in my life uh -huh. right where it was like oh I can say what I need to say I can be myself in the spaces and I can feel like, you know, um, you know, aggressive in, in real life is assertiveness, mm. right? Mm -hmm. I can be assertive mm -hmm. in this space mm -hmm. and I can throw, mm -hmm. I may not be as smart. I may not be mm -hmm. as pretty, whatever, but I can use what I have to, you know, say what I need to say. And so that's, mm -hmm. to me, that was always the things that I translated. It was like, oh, soccer taught me how to be aggressive so that in mm -hmm. real life I could be assertive, you know? 
I, I want to name that I think um, Jaguar has really transformed actually in the last like few months with soccer. Like I saw him kind of last year. He's he was, real good. He was always kind of like, oh, I don't know how to get. And and, and now he's like in there. Yeah. He yeah. loves being a defender. He, yeah. he And then he then he used to just get in there and kick the ball and then run away. And now he like gets in there <laughs> and, and follows, stays follows. in there. Yeah. And um, so I, I love seeing him step into that. So he's such a physical kid solo kind of yeah and it's wonderful to see him like um engage with his body like yeah. in like a, a sport a team sport yeah. like that too so i think that's wonderful yeah um and i'm grateful that you're the coach thing yes yes so i think we can kind of maybe shift gears a little bit and yeah get into some of the themes that we've been really kind of mulling over for mm -hmm. some time. And I think probably as we go into the season, mm -hmm. these are some of the themes that we're going mm -hmm. to be, I think, unpacking, deconstructing in all the different ways. Yeah. Right. The, thing, the words that keep coming up for us again and again, as we shift into this, I was like, I want to go burn something, but I'm just seeing these candles. Do we have anything? Can we light something? I don't have any, <laughs> anything. To, oh, there's matches right there. Do you see the matches on the little Oh, yes, box? yes, yes. And can we light a candle or something to shift? I yeah. The, um... There's some There's some stuff right out there. Do you see it? Yeah. Okay. I can cut some of this, too. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Do that, too. We can do the Palo Santo here. I felt like we needed just a little bit of this. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Hmm. Hopefully the fire alarm doesn't go off. Oh, really? Sometimes. It's sensitive. But it'll be okay. Okay, I don't have to. Yeah, I think that's good. Okay. So it's not so much. Hmm. This is our little, yeah, cheers to season six. Um and I think we can also be grateful for season five. I think season five brought, like renewed our sense of purpose mm -hmm. for what this podcast was for. And we're so grateful to all the wonderful guests who, you know, reached out to us to want to mm -hmm. be um, featured. And now as we enter into season six, just I think being open, like let's just be open to mm -hmm. what's meant to come, mm -hmm. you know. Like we're gonna throw our weight around in a different way. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm uh -huh. I'm just I think at this point. So yeah, speaking of some of the themes, I think this partially coming out of your um, you know, accident this year. Mm -hmm. I think you know, me kind of still coming out of um burnout from last year, mm -hmm. both trying to I think find a sense of grounding, like where how do we move forward after oh, yes. after we've experienced physical, spiritual, emotional mm -hmm. hardship? It's like how mm -hmm. do we how do we? It's kind of like after we give birth. <laughs> it is so real. I literally was thinking these words as you were talking earlier, just like a minute ago. I was thinking grounding, untethered. Like we are like we are we're yeah. we're seeking our own, you know. And it's and and we know it's it's in us, but we know like mm -hmm. it's of us, you know, within ourselves, but within our like for, for and, our kids. Mm -hmm. And there's so much transformation, right? Because this is why it makes me think of birth, because 
I think, you know, we are somebody before we have kids, before we give birth. And then mm-hmm. after birth, we're, we're trying to go mm-hmm. back to that, the only version of ourselves that we knew, mm-hmm. but then realizing, oh, we can't go back mm-hmm. to those versions. Like we can't mm-hmm. be just the same person. Mm-hmm. And so we have to find grounding in mm-hmm. this transformed version of ourselves, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is like brand new territory. <laughs> and when all the narratives of society, you mm-hmm. know, to use birth as a metaphor, would say, you should go back to that old body. You or mm-hmm. the new version of yourself should not be about yourself, but now it's about your kid. So you could transform, so or but like, you have to mm-hmm. be self-sacrificing, right? You mm-hmm. have to, you know, again, coming from all those narratives, right? Mm-hmm. From our own, you know, mothers, grandmothers, this idea of like, oh, once you have kids, that's it. You're done. <laughs> your yeah. life, anything that you ever wanted for yourself is no longer right and so now we're trying to find grounding in this new version of ourselves wanting to maintain who we are wanting to reject these old narratives and so we are very much in like brand new territory that we have mm-hmm. we're like oh, what do we do <laughs> right and the, and i think this is what we want to one of the big things that we want to speak to is these narratives right mm-hmm. and i came across um this this I think I Instagram post one time, it, it used the term moral perfectionism, mm-hmm. this notion that if we make a mistake, mm-hmm. we we're looking for, Oh, how do we, it's like, you know, Catholicism, right? When we're supposed to go uh, confess our sins mm-hmm. and then we become pure, pure, pure again, purity, purity culture. It's uh-huh. purity culture. Mm-hmm. We're like, Oh, we made a mistake. How do we mm-hmm. get back to some pure sense of ourselves mm-hmm. outside of mm-hmm. that mistake? Mm-hmm. And then, but then we're human. And so we're always making mistakes. And so we're just mm-hmm. in this perpetual cycle mm-hmm. of trying to find some pure version of ourselves when the reality is we just need to embrace our mm-hmm. human humanity yeah. <laughs> and that we're going to make mistakes and that that's okay. But it's so mm-hmm. hard to, in the moment, you and I are so good at spiraling (laughs) but i think where we find healing is that because we're both aware of when we spiral Mm -hmm. we can call Mm -hmm. each other and be like hey i'm spiraling Mm -hmm. (laughs) can you help me yesterday like like, yeah moment i need i need i need this like you know yeah yeah and it was you know i think that the we are survivors of this moral perfectionism or purity mm-hmm. culture, you know, mm-hmm. and so many things about yesterday I called you about was like, too, like, how can I embrace like that pain is okay? You know, it's mm-hmm. going to happen. Like mistakes happen. Scars, accidents happen. scars happen. Accidents happen, you know, and I, in a world again, that would like those all t- like, like, like just thinking about scars in particular right mm-hmm. now is coming to mind, like how mm-hmm. much money is spent on erasing scars. <sighs> Um, and, and the view of them as something that is, you know, um, ugly. Totally. Yeah. I know. It's like, I have these scars on my leg and I'm just trying to like I embrace. And I, you know, I'm thinking about getting these tattoos in order to do that, mm. you know? And, and I, and I think that is a way of integration, you know, instead yeah. of like somehow trying to. Because scars mm-hmm. are proof mm. that we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Human. So when we look right. at the scar, we're like, the memory comes up and we're like, oh shit, remember that time that I wasn't perfect, I right? It's, And I think, you know, scars is such a good um, 
like space to explore because there's emotional scars too, yeah. right? Those are that's what triggers are essentially, <laughs> right? So when something happens and we're triggered, that's an emotional scar that we're like picking at. We're like, oh shit, you know, we haven't dealt with whatever that comes from, you know. And I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, so I've been working with my therapist a lot lately about, um, you know, doing shadow work, and I, you know, we. I think there's a lot of talk mm -hmm. about that. And like, what is that actually? Like, what does that mm -hmm. actually mean? Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've been kind of trying to get very specific. Like, mm -hmm. what are, what is, yeah. Cause shadow work is very vague. Right. But like, what are, what are the areas in your life that you need to look at that maybe you're afraid to look at yeah. that, that maybe show you your mm -hmm. imperfections. Mm -hmm. And instead of trying to morally mm -hmm. perfect your way out of them to mm -hmm. say, actually, let me look at this scar. Let me stare at it. Let mm -hmm. me remember and sit with the feelings that it brings up and move through them instead of trying mm -hmm. to erase them. These are like the parts of ourselves that we've marginalized, right? Or something mm. like that. Like, um, or, the, the or rep hidden. Repressed, we repressed, repressed right? it, yeah. Um, you know, and there's all these different metaphors for that, like locked on a shelf or uh -huh. inside, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know. Um, and so I think that, I think you're right. It's all, these are all kind of these taboo things, things that we're not meant to celebrate, you know, not meant to like, yeah. not meant to see the light of day, you know? And yeah. um, it's the dirty laundry. Mm. <laughs> so good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Right? I mean, because it's the dirty dishes, right? It's the messy house. Yeah. Yeah. It we're is, supposed yeah. to, right? Because when people come over, we have a messy house. What do we do? We shove everything in a closet and close the closet. <laughs> yeah. And then everything just looks perfect, uh, even though. Everything's just tucked into a closet. <laughs> I got a messy closet. Let's just my mom, it, you know, because my mom is very much a neat freak. But then you go into her garage and you're like, ah. Oh, <laughs> uh, she's talked to me about the garage. Though. Like, I think she would say it's all your, your, you and your brother's things. This is it. what she says, and I'm like, okay. which is funny because we've we've been taking all our, our stuff mm -hmm. out, and I'm like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> totally stuff in here. <laughs> um, oh, I love that's, it. But that's projection. Uh -huh. Oh, right? totally. That's 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 so much. I that generation. It. I love how that's particular when she's. Oh yeah, <laughs> she'll say like, yeah. "Oh, it's mostly yours." So I'm like, mm -hmm. my mom's got a shelf uh -huh. of like gift baskets. I'm like, oh, you should what? use those for the fair. But I'm like, why do you need this? Donate these to the harvest. Why do you need this many like gift raffles? baskets? You know, and like I'm yeah. like, like I'll I see them in the corner of my eye every time. I'm like. Mm, maybe if we got rid of all these, <laughs> you'd have some space. <laughs> anyway, uh, we continue to do mother work. We continue mother healing. That's work. also shadow. I mean, that's part of our shadow work, yes, is right, like right. dealing with the the conflict of, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, of our of the of the the conflicts that we have with our mother. Because who wants to really dive into that? You know, we kind of want to just either say i don't want to deal with it at all or like let's just have this like superficial relationship and not have to really like dig deep into in and that that's what shadow work is right yeah. and so uh, I, I mean how many times would we like do we actually want to like go into like you know spotless mind stuff or like mm -hmm. ignorance is bliss i mean there Ugh. there is so I, and this is, I feel like we should give this qualifier here. I do it in all my classes, you know, I was yeah. like, you listen to us. There's no going back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you're taking the blue pill or whatever, the red pill, you're going to see that we're, you know, like, and, um, there are lots of times when we would like to suspend, you know, or like a willing suspension of disbelief, you know, yeah. kind of 
I think I've, I've heard the term like masking, you know, and I think this is, I don't know, maybe it's a like psychology word or something, but this mm. idea of that we put on, I think it's, I hear. Ansel Lewis speaks to this, right? Actually. Yeah. And, and I hear it in the realm of like folks who have like um, autism or ADHD where they're able mm. to kind of perform. Ooh, yes. The performativity of Yeah, things. like they're able to perform this, but then. Oh. In the safety of their own, how they're like, ah, I'm just going to be myself. And so it's not really, it's not really actually, you're not really actually yeah. changing yeah. your behavior. You're just masking it. Right. And I think that you and I were good at that. Or we were good at that. <laughs> well, you, you know? and I, why are we academics? Why did we seek out um, educational mm -hmm. success? or success in the realm of education because we knew how to mask real good in those spaces. That was our, ma I mean, you know, that's the way I see it. I'm like, Oh, there was a lot of other spaces that I didn't feel comfortable in or that I was like, uh, but I know how to perform yeah. in an academic space. Yeah. A lot of performing, right. Is, um, or a ma even mask wearing, it's knowing which one to wear mm -hmm. in which situation, mm -hmm. editing, all just different things. And so it's reading the room. It's like a survival oh. skill, right? We're really good at reading our audience. So like a lot of the academic like strengths were because we could read the teacher and know what they wanted, you know? Um, <laughs> and now we're trying to not do these things and it's terrifying. Oh, it's actually terrifying. Some of the questions are like, even as we started now, I was just like, how long can we keep this going? Like, <laughs> you know, because it's, um, a, it's imposter syndrome stuff of like, when is yeah. somebody going to realize that we're just full of shit? <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, everyone is full of shit. Everyone is full of shit. Yeah. And, and we're just, you know, you're on this journey with us of unmasking of, yeah. you know, of, yeah. um, and I actually think forming, you know, as, as we perform, perform, you know, it's, yeah, but I think, and I think that I, I actually think that this is why the podcast, our podcast in particular, has been so mm. successful, whatever you want to call it. I think because we actually are trying to use this platform as a way to mm. unmask mm -hmm. and be our authentic selves, because we know you and I know we've always said this that mm -hmm. we're just turning the mics on on conversations that we would have anyway. Yeah. And so I think that yes, there's always going to be that performativity because <gasps> it mm. at this point it's so ingrained in us that it's hard not to do that. Yeah. But I think we we intention our intention is always be like how can we bring our most authentic self yeah. to this podcast and uh -huh. let's just talk in the way that you and I would 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 talk to each other normally. And I think yeah. we've done a pretty good job of that. I think we have. I think turning on the video was the next. Oh, yeah. Step. That was. And now I even now I'm just like, okay, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's down, why I like. Down, I think maybe down, that's why I try not to look down. at myself. I'm I like, know. Uh. I know I, you know, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's that vulnerability that, you know, that making transparent, you know, things that. um Yeah. It's something we uh, we want to offer, like. We feel like we need, we should, you know, like, um, well, I think we like to be people. Uh, I always say we like to, we like to feel like we're, we're walking the walk. Right. I think it's, it's oh, very easy to talk to talk and really say thing certain things. Yeah. And I think we've always been really clear of like, I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes to the point of like, mm -hmm. <laughs> we're hyper vigilant, like, you know, we have to make sure that we're staying, you know, like we're very much about integrity. I, 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 I will say that like with, 
I will say, no I think this moral perfectionism plays a part in that too. Probably. You know, we've maybe it's not integrity, maybe it's perfectionism. <laughs> well, I think it's probably a mix. You know, that's yeah. the thing. That's the complexity of it. I think we're both um, part of the us reading the performing and was integrated with moral perfectionism because we knew we had to work so hard in order to, you know, achieve yeah. things in a classist, racist, sexist world, you know. So, um, and I think so because in my last session with my therapist we were shout out to my therapist um maritza maybe i shouldn't say her last name i was like i don't know (laughs) um but anyway we were talking about um you know i i've been sort of in this place where like this year whether i was was a conscious thing or not like Mm. i was i'm really stepping into being unapologetic um Mm -hmm. i know believe it or not Mm -hmm. i do censor myself (laughs) So, because, you know, and so I think I have been being unapologetic, but then I immediately regret it. So I'll like be in a space where I'll be like, eh, I'm going to say what I want to say. And then after I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. Why did I say that? <laughs> Are they going to think I'm a, like, and I start to go into my head about it and I start to second guess myself and I start to beat myself up, up about like, what did I say? And how did I say it? And how could it be misconstrued? And, you know, all of those things. And I, and it literally keeps me up at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I've been trying to talk to my therapist about it. And she's like, and we were talking about, um, okay, so that's a shadow, right? This, mm. you, the perfectionism of that, right? Mm-hmm. And because um, I was like, yeah, sometimes when we when we do our podcast, I said, I don't listen to it again. I just mm-hmm. put it out. And you sometimes will listen to it again. I'm like, oh, my God, that scares me. Like, I don't want to listen to it again. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, okay, you have to. So how do you face that shadow? And she's like you need to listen to it. <laughs> really? <laughs> She's like, but don't listen to it before you put it out. Put it out and then listen to Ooh, it. That's smart. I can hear uh, another therapist of ours, Sylvia, say, mm. you know, you're trying to control, um, you yeah. know, and that you don't, you can't, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but I love that. I love that you need to listen to this. Yeah, after we it was. It it, it's just the sort of the shadow of self doubt, right? The shadow of like mm. the the hyper vigilance of like, oh, we need yeah. to make sure that we curate yeah. what we say, how we say it, uh-huh. anything that we present to the public in a way mm. that nobody can find fault. Yeah, we. Mm. Why do we not post on social media a lot? Mm. Because we are too perfectionist. We are so afraid to put something out that might get negative feedback (laughs) or that, you know what I mean? Like we're so afraid to put ourselves out there that we would just rather not do. I mean, yes, there's logistical like time issues that, you know, but I do think it's, it's somewhere there. I do think we're trying to figure out and when you've heard this all too, like where to put our energy in places that will, it will like kind of, this mutual, you know, thing. I think doing the podcast, honestly, I think we both lean towards in different ways, like that OCD or that kind of mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. overthinking. And and certainly because we've been so good at performing when we choose not to, we have some PTSD afterwards, you know, and I think we both do that. <laughs> and I think by doing this together, it allows us to have a shared vulnerability. Yes. So then, so then we're not alone and, you know, we can listen to it and and talk about it you know yeah um totally instead of just it the monkey mind kind the of the shared vulnerability mind over and over again the shared vulnerability is huge because i have 
I feel like for a very long time in my life, and I think many of us, right, we have intrusive thoughts, right? Or we have these like um, catastrophizing, right? We And we're like, oh my God, we can never talk to anybody about this because they're going to think I'm crazy or they're going to think I'm weird or they're going to be like- I love it when you share this. And so then I'll tell you like my- my worst my worst case scenarios and this is the thing that i love so much and you'll be like yeah that's i get it i understand how you got to that and i'm like like (laughs) the calmness in which you react when i say what i perceive as like the craziest thing that i could come up with and i'm like like just that reaction alone makes me feel good because i'm like Oh, <laughs> so I'm not crazy for thinking it. Yeah. And, and yeah, just that alone makes me, allows the intrusive thought to kind of a little bit like, does that make sense? Like, yeah. Uh, we have this great book with Jaguar we read called Ruby Has a Worry. And I, I think we've read it before together. I've shared uh-huh. it with you, but her worry is so small and then it gets mm. so big and she just needs to talk about it with someone. And mm. then it kind of doesn't mean the worry won't come back. Yeah, but it, it has just like not been given that other power, and I think yeah. that's what happens to shadow aspects of ourselves. Mm-hmm. If they're not um, seen, they 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 take over. They can yeah. take over. They become. I I would argue like our demons, right? Like our mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and there's a great. I think it was a book called Feed Your Demons too. Like it was like how do we like mm. give like recognize our shadows and like, you know, yeah, and, celebrate and it them makes me part of ourselves. It know, makes me like- go back to when we talk about, or, you know, um, like, uh, like, uh, right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in, you know, Mexica mythology mm-hmm. is the mother of goddesses of gods and goddesses. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I would even say there's probably non-binary, <laughs> there's probably non-binary terminology. Right. Um, and I think even Gualique, right, because English does not help us. Right, exactly. There's Mm -hmm. no, there's no, yeah. But, um, I think, you know, indigenous terminal, they did have, you know, all Mm -hmm. this expensive knowledge, but anyway, so I think when we think about Gualique and there's so Mm -hmm. much duality in her, right. So she represents Mm -hmm. life and death, recognizing that it's a cycle, right. It's not linear, right. She uh, represents good and evil, right. And, and even evil is not really the word for it, right. Mm -hmm. It's light and darkness, but again, not in this hierarchical dualistic way. It is like, they are yin yang. They are one in the same, you know? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think that when we talk about moral perfectionism, it's us trying to be just the Mm -hmm. light, trying to be just the good. And the shadow is our, you know, other side that, mm-hmm. you know, through white supremacy, capital, yeah. blah, 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 it's blah, blah, has taught us to sure. like, we have to, the shadow is evil. And if we allow the shadow mm-hmm. in, we're going to be evil. Yeah. Right. And we're not going to, mm-hmm. um, we're not going to, we, this is the narrative that's mm-hmm. always in my head. I don't deserve to experience joy if I'm not perfect. Mm. And so I have to like literally tell myself Mm -hmm. I deserve to experience joy, even if my life is not perfect. Like I Mm -hmm. will literally tell myself that in my head, I deserve to experience joy, even if my life is not perfect. Right. And, um, and so I think I've been really trying to say like, Oh, the shadow isn't about overcoming the shadow Mm -hmm. or overcoming these things. Mm -hmm. It's integrating 
you know, it's like, oh, this is just mm -hmm. a part of me. So me having yeah. self-doubt when I say things, yeah, that's just normal human, yeah. you know, you know, maybe it comes from being rejected in, in different times in my life, right? So it's, again, it's like integrating that, the shadow into us. It's not about facing it so then we can get past it. It's like facing it so it becomes a part of us and it doesn't trigger those spiraling feelings, right? Where we can see an intrusive thought and be like, mm -hmm. oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe more neutral. Like, I mean, I don't know, but I think that, that where I'm at is to really lean on that notion of duality, yeah. uh, multiplicity, uh -huh. and that, you know, we can never all be all good. Yeah. And that even bad is not the term, right? It's just no. human, right? It's like not this, perfect. It's, it's not perfect, right? Yeah. And mistakes, right? Like yeah. that's just a part of life. To treat it otherwise is kind of it's like the it's like the ultimate OCD. You having to do things in a certain way mm. every time in order to be safe, you know, kind of things. It makes me think of the story that you shared this morning, the the one that you learned about having to pray oh. every night or else. Uh, so my my grandmother used to tell me this. I, I can't even like it was a story about somebody who yeah. maybe had a hard time remembering to pray every night, and but then she, you know, this person this one night made sure that they prayed and then there was a fire and this was the only person that survived the fire. Yeah. And so, I mean, I was a little girl hearing that and I just, it stuck with me. So I always made sure that I prayed at night, even if I was tired, even if I was, you know, yeah. and I had to pray perfectly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had to, you know, there was this OCD of this order of which I had to yes. say my prayers. And if yes. I didn't finish it, then it wasn't, yeah. didn't count. I mean, such a scarcity mentality, right? That um, that God or the world goddess, whatever, is so so scarce. The abundance is mm. there's no like that. You would have to do all these things, you know. Mm -hmm. I feel that too. You know, it makes me think of that one story that I was telling you about. This other world where people were. Um, you know, trained or bred to be um, ha be geniuses with OCD, so that they would be both like gifts and also like mm, um, not mm. unable to live their lives fully because they had to, you know, follow the lines in the floor for so long, or they had to twist that doorknob so many yeah. times or pray this exact prayer like every yeah. night, you know. Um, but we live in a much more abundant world than that, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that's it too. We don't need to be robots in order to make things yeah. work. And I think it's, I mean, this is a, a, a religious thing of, you know, at least Christian Catholic, right? Mm -hmm. Of um, if, if something, I mean, this comes back to even when we talked about, you know, mm -hmm. you're breaking your leg. It was like, if you do some, if something mm -hmm. bad happens to you, it's because you did something yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah. And therefore you deserve to yeah. have that happen to you because you didn't follow the right perfect pathway. Yeah. Right. And so this is where I think the OCD comes from. It's like, well, if we can keep everything in line yeah. in, in this specific way, then nothing bad will ever happen and we'll be okay. Yeah. And so we get more obsessed with keeping the things in alignment rather than just enjoying yeah. life and realizing accidents are going to happen no matter what. So big. It's so big. I feel like it's it's, it's connected to this story that I wanted to share, but I don't know how – I feel like, you know, um, I, I, I heard a story growing up too around like basically how 
one had to sacrifice their most beloved thing in order to save the world, you know, or something mm. like that. And I feel like that really resonates with me. Should I tell the story? Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Weird? So no. growing up in church, we were told the story that about uh, this uh, – mechanic who controlled the bridge, you know, um, that people pass under, like for ships to go through. And so, but one day he brought his kids to work, a son, right. And, um, and when the, he was meant to bring the bridge up so like this passenger ship could come through with all these like hundreds of people, his son was on the gears. And in that moment he had to choose between like sacrificing his son, killing his son to open the bridge Mm -hmm. or keeping the bridge shut. So his son could live and the, and the passengers could come through, you know, or, or they would die Uh basically. uh Um, he had to pick between his son and yeah, a hundred, yeah. you know, hundreds of people. Yeah. This was the their way of trying um, to help us understand why God had to sacrifice His only Son Jesus, or um, that other biblical story in the the Old Testament, you know, where the, the Ishmael or Isaac, yeah, or yeah, like yeah. Um, and I just think that I think that plays a part here, like so much that like performity, performativity, and moral perfectionism, like sometimes I think the world like will not be okay right Mm -hmm. if i do not like even Mm -hmm. just like perform in a certain way but like sacrifice like myself and like the things that i love um yeah and and i think it goes that deep you know like i mean that's a that's a that's a big story and I still think that does that still doesn't make it make sense to me because right it's so scarce it's just like that's one of those things that like yeah. people will say like oh if you were you know you know falling off a bridge who would you save your mom or your husband you know what I mean it's yeah, like yeah, so yeah. it's like those are impossible choices that like yes and how how often are we actually yeah. going to be in those dire it is scarcity right like those dire yeah. situations yeah. right like yeah. which is interesting because then when we think about. Uh-huh capitalism uh-huh yes and capitalism mm-hmm. is very much about the individual and mm-hmm. it's so it's so fascinating how christianity weaponizes that for moral perfectionism but then does not see it the same way when it comes to you know collectivism right like it de- it, it uh demonizes this the notion of collectivism as like oh that's socialist like it's it's yeah. very it's very convenient right it's these convenient yes. narratives yeah. that they use to shame us but then also maintain power it is so, so real. My When I was in the abusive marriage, my ex would say, like, would you love me? Or you, if, if there was a fire, would you choose me or your parents more? And, you know, honestly, to me, again, this person was really just, like, the incarnation of, like, all this religious, like, dogma, you know? like That's a fucked up question. Oh, it's so – I was, like – and ne- neither. There's no fire, you know? I like, <laughs> There's no fucking fire. <laughs> like, calm down. This is like, you know, I think this is like white savior complex too. Like, you know, who are we trying to save, like, people from and white male saviorism? White white men, you know? Like, yeah. it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's saying, like, there's a world that exists outside of these scarcity stories. Um, mm. But they were the ones that I think really – like raised us, you know, even, even the stories we heard in school that like completely marginalized and oppressed people's stories. So if we didn't even hear them, right. That it's just, it continually has to come out. It continually has to just be like, not live in our brains anymore. Like not live in our bodies, like bring them out. And so, yeah, well, it's, it's, I think, you know, why I 
I think I thought it was important for you to share that story is because when we deconstruct our, when we're looking at our shadows and trying to integrate them, we have to be able to say, well, where, where do these feelings come from? Like, why do I feel this way about something? Sometimes it's something so silly that triggers us. And we're like, why are we having this huge emotion about this very small thing? And then we start to do the work and trace it back. And we're like, oh, because we were told these crazy stories about like, we had to sacrifice ourselves or we had to do things perfectly. And so once we can figure out where they're from and then extricate the narrative, then we can integrate the shadow. That's the, right. That's, that's the work, right? That's, That's the, the work. journey. That's the process. Um, it is interesting that that story came to me. And when, when our stories come to us, as I was like, you know, bringing my kid home from the urgent care, you know, like um, where, yeah, I love it. I'm so, I feel like actually this is kind of exciting and scary. Like, I'm like, why would that come up? Like where, it's you know. It's very scary. But I mean, also- I think we've done that a lot. Like when we talk, first talked about our student loans, when we talked about like body yeah. image, like we've kind of done that all along of like yeah. talking about these very scary things that we don't really like to publicly be vulnerable about, yeah. how, you know, where we're at on that journey. Um, and I think this is just this next level of like, you know, really trying to integrate our shadow selves and the, if y'all knew what we spiraled about. <laughs> so I, I hear, I hear that season, you know, like shadows, moral perfectionism, performativity, mm-hmm. you know, and, and narratives and stories that we were told, mm-hmm. you know, that often have some religious like kind of background, but not all always. And so we're, we'll be, we'll be deconstructing some of these yeah. narratives for what they are. You Maybe know, we're in our deconstruction era, right? And that what people say. <laughs> I was like, is that, is that all the eras we've been in? No, I don't know. I know if we had to trace our seasons, it'd be interesting, but so, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. that we're for this season, our intention is to kind of just be open to mm-hmm. where it's taking us, recognizing that we are on this journey mm-hmm. of trying to, you know, face our shadows, integrate our shadows, um, trying to unpack how moral perfectionism impacts us, mm-hmm. trying to unpack how these stories and narratives have hurt us, you know, and how they still live in our lives in so many ways. Um, and I think, you know, always we've said this and sometimes I'm like, we say this, but are we actually doing it? But I think it's one of those things where we mm-hmm. need to say it so we can keep having that be our goal is we want to feel joy. We just want to, mm. we want to just have fun and feel, you know, liberation, right. Is about mm. joy and we can, we need to do the unpacking, but we also yeah. need to just have fun. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. always what we have our eye on, I think. And yeah, I'm thinking like we're the word regulation, you know, self-regulation mm, or community mm, regulation has mm. come up for like, we want to, Come back to that. Embrace the cycles of things. Embrace the feelings. Embrace them for our children. So when they're like having a meltdown, we can be like, "I hear you. Your <laughs> feelings are real. You know, I believe you." And like that, oh, girl, I believe you. Like, and we're gonna work through this. We're gonna have know? to do another parenting episode because they're so like. So I feel many. like our kids, our youngest, are probably gonna be in their nine year change, and then my oldest is gonna be in his twelve year change. They're in their nine change they're they're really feel, like or they're i can feel that you know? i can feel cruz is 12 and he's not even 11 yet and i'm like mm. he's very much about like 
you're not hearing me. <sighs> I love it. And then we can break down these. I would love to hear Tom conversations about the nine year and 12 year change. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll talk about that. But the joy, just to say like regulation, hearing feelings, I believe you, we're, everything is, we're going to work this out. We're going to work this out together. And so that we could be like, freaking present and just like yeah. with our kids you know in the in their joy and, and their allow ourselves with ourselves to have a know? good time like go and have a date together where we can go yeah. and get a pedicure yeah. <laughs> yeah. and just be yeah. happy like we don't always have to be doing shadow work you know 24 right. 7 yeah that's the thing too isn't it yeah it's a part of like uh work workaholic um labor yeah labor, labor which just goes back culture. to perfectionism i know right I know. like okay well can we, can we keep going on that <laughs> we can go in circles all right so yeah thank you we're for excited for season six mm -hmm. um we have some people in the works some already yes. some guests who've, um, yes who've reached out and then we have a lot of things i think that we need to to dive back into and talk yeah. about it sounds like um, so we look forward to another great season and yeah follow subscribe listen yeah. give us give us a review give us a review send us a dm you know <laughs> all righty